Yes, sir. Can you hear me? One, two. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, man. Let me just get this off. Max Fine. What's up, bro? Hey, dude. Dude, we met like almost a year ago. Now, really? Do you remember? Okay, so we, we both did this show, Weeding Out the Stone. Oh, get out of town. Yeah, dude. NYC. And when we first met, I remember we were talking to like a big group of people. I've been doing this vlog now. Uh, it's called Ted Jones Vlog for like Hell yeah. about a year now. And one of the, not one of the first episodes, maybe like three months in. So it's probably like episode 30 or something. I did like a vlog just basically on that show. Really? And you're in the, you're in the back there. No way. All smoking weed in that show. Yeah, of course. I didn't know that that's where we met. Yeah, that dude. rules, dude. Hell yeah. yeah I'm kind of yeah. high right now. This is great, <laughs> great man. Beautiful. So Max Fine, dude, you have a podcast of your own and i see you're um all over the place throughout yeah. the city so give us uh give us the rundown on your life man and where you're from and how man. You've been in new york oh shit dude well i'm from atlanta originally and i've been here i've been here like five years uh but yeah dude i have a podcast with another comic michael roland uh he's like we grew up together he's like my best friend in the world and we just kind of get high together and listen to music and do characters dude and I don't know, man. I'm trying not to take anything too seriously this year. And that's kind of what this podcast feels like, is just us having fun again. When did you guys start it? Uh, recently, like maybe two or three months, three months ago. But I mean, we ha we've been hanging out with each other since we were 14. So it's kind of just like a continuation of that. And we're just like, fuck, dude, let's put a dollar sign on this and make some money, dude. So, Do you guys move here together? No, but we used to live together in Atlanta. We went to high school together. Um, I moved up here like a year and some change before him, I think. But we both, you know, we're both from Atlanta. He started in L.A. and then came back home. But, yeah, man, that's my dude, dude. Nice, yeah. Man. So enjoying uh, Brooklyn, you told me you were just coming from. Yeah, I like Brooklyn fine. I've, you know, I've been there. I'm in central Brooklyn now. Dude, I used to live in fucking Bush. We can curse, right? Yeah. Hell yeah, dog. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, I used to live in Bushwick, and I just fucking... Hated it well, so much. So you went like a couple stops. What is it south? Nah, a dude, bit, yeah, more than a couple. A uh, whole different train line, dude. I'm in a new planet, man. Um, yeah, I'm in Crown Heights now. I'm close to the park. I'm close to like trees and shit. I'm not 23 anymore, dude. I can't. I can't keep up with the cool hip people in Bushwick, dog. I need quiet. I need right. a nap every now and then. Do you find yourself going to Bushwick, though, for a lot of spots? There's a lot of action there. Yeah, I mean, I go, but I don't have to go home there, which right. is huge. Why didn't, you, why didn't you like it compared to Crown Heights, though? Um, I think it's just because like, I've never been somebody with enough money to enjoy Bushwick the way I wanted to. If I had, like big boy drug money and i was like 25 runner that's the thing dude i got too old man i can't stay up till 4 a.m anymore i don't drink anymore i'm just i'm no fun and bush looks full of fun people yeah i'm just a, an old bitch a lot bitch. of that out there and then like also people have a lot of space so if you're in like a three bedroom one bath like everybody's pretty comfortable there even though everybody shares the bathroom that's like what you do when you're right out of college or yeah early 20s or whatever that's the beauty of bushwick and yeah sometimes yeah i've heard it you know it can get anywhere from like were some kids that I know were paying eleven hundred dollars just for like a bedroom in Bushwick, you know, and then Dude, hearing about too much, like man. I paid. I think I paid like seven hundred. Seven fifty was the last place I lived in and Bushwick. How many years ago was that? Was a few uh, years ago. Like two and a half. So, I, I mean, how old are you? I'm thirty. I'm thirty also, okay. and it's like, dude, when I hit like twenty seven, I was like, there's no fucking way we're doing another year of this, man. I. Uh, I don't know. And now I've got, dude, I've got space. I've got laundry in my unit. Oh, wow. I'm an adult now, dude, dog. Fucking living, dude. So 
Um, I used to work at my dad's real estate company before I got like fully immersed in comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, part of my job was being a property manager. I was in Bushwick like at least once a week. From, so are you street. from here? Yeah, yeah. So oh, I'm from shit, Manhattan. Yeah. I grew up in Manhattan. Was born in Jersey. Spent six weeks there and then moved to Manhattan. Oh, and then damn, went to school dude. Here. So I'm a New York kid at heart. But yeah. Anyway, um, was going out to Bushwick like once a week. I kind of saw the slow transformation just because like right before the pandemic yeah. is when I was working there. And then like um, a few months after we got back to the office, I kind of told my dad I was going to wrap it up, but just yeah. being in Bushwick and seeing the transformation of like, yeah, guys like yourself paying 700, $800 for a sure. room to now, bro, kids easily paying anywhere from a thousand. That's so fucked. Sharing a room. You don't have to live like that. Yeah. I don't, dude, I wish when I moved to New York, somebody told me you do not have to start yeah. in Bushwick. Well, where would you have started then if you could go back and where I am now, dude, Park Slope, Crown Heights, somewhere near Wait, Prospect wouldn't Park. Say, wouldn't you say that's more expensive, though, than a Bushwick, especially in the area that you're living in? I don't know, man. You can find it. Like when I first moved to Crown Heights, I was paying the same amount I was paying in Bushwick and my quality of life shot the fuck up. Because of what, though? Uh, just because, dude, well, the, I was living there when the L train was a nightmare, when it was oh, like they were doing the work. So right. getting anywhere was a fucking pain in the ass now dude i can like walk to prospect park which especially during the pandemic was huge for me like just being able to go to a place outside where it's like fuck it's not just a bunch of kids like on ketamine that are trying to figure out like where to <laughs> Even eat though that's fun it's great dude i love that i hated living there because it was like on my front porch it would just be kids passed out and it's like yeah dude this rocks but like I got to go to fucking work in the morning, dude. I got to, like, go temp in a fucking spot in Red Hook for a couple hours. Like, you got to get out of my way, dude. And now it's like, oh, I can walk, dude. I got a coffee in my hand. I'm not fucking inundated yeah, with it. Mornings, especially when you're walking through that park, I'm sure it's great. It's the best, And dude. it's definitely a lot different than probably, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, growing up in, in Atlanta suburb or in the city? Uh, I Like, the suburb, but, like, right at the edge of the city. But being able to walk every morning is completely oh, different. Than yeah, dude, for sure, man. I mean, I drove, I mean, I moved to New York when I was 25, so I had, like, early adulthood in Atlanta, and it was like, I got my partying out. That's not true. I got the start of my partying out in Atlanta where I was like, all right, I know how to fucking hang, dude. And it's it's not the same. Bushwick, even, like, I know people that moved to New York, like, I've never been to Bushwick. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, and wow. it's like, it's its own thing, man. Yeah. And it's cool, and it has its place, and it's there, and I don't need to be a part of it anymore. And I think once I hit 30, I was like, finally, like, yeah, I don't miss that. I don't miss, like, doing poppers in a bar basement and being like, no, it's Tuesday. This is fun, man. It's like, no, nah, dude, I want to shower every day. I want to, like... Did you, did, you, uh, did you go to college in Atlanta? Yeah, Georgia State. I, I tried it. I, uh, State? Yeah, All Georgia right. State. Nice. That's like shout... Uh, Georgia State, I feel like, gets shouted out in a lot of rap songs. No. Uh, <laughs> no? UGA does, dude. Georgia State has no discernible sports teams. It has, like, the ugly... Dog, we were rated the third ugliest campus in the U.S., like, last week. It's gross. Wait, wait, is there a Georgia Southern also? Yes. Maybe that's so Georgia Southern, about. dude. Georgia Southern kids are fucking weird, dude. Those are party animals. They were. Yeah, uh, why Georgia State? They they had like a full. I don't even know. How did they? The ugly meter. How did they? It's that? all a parking lot. The entire campus was built on parking garages. So every building, it's like they don't have stairs. They're ramps that are just steep as shit. Uh, the city itself is not that pretty. Like Atlanta downtown kind of sucks. There's nothing going on. Okay. And that's where the campus is. Where's like the famous strip club, Magic City? The, Magic City's like 15 <laughs> minutes south of Georgia State. That's one, <laughs> that's dude. One famous strip club. We've got so many, yeah, dog. Yeah, right. At, King of Diamonds, too, right? There's 
all kinds. I mean, the one that I hung out at the most, like my neighborhood bar was the Claremont Lounge. Okay. And it's only old women. It sounds like a fancy name for a lounge. It does, It It used to be a hotel. I think it's a hotel again now, but it was like condemned when I lived there. And they've redone it. It's very fancy. But the basement was a strip club filled with women that were 65 and older. And it fucking ruled. You could smoke (laughs) cigarettes inside. You were in the cut, dude. You could do whatever you wanted. Get away with however you wanted to live and just hang out and exist. And I think it's kind of changing and it's really bumming me out. Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, man, I don't know. You, you, you're from New York. I'm sure it's like you watch it in waves every day since you were a kid. I'm yeah, sure, man. like I, it's it's changing. And like I remember initially, just right at the beginning of the pandemic, people were saying New York is done. New York is done. Yeah. And just no matter what, like anytime New York bottoms out or whatever it is, you think about like the 2008 crisis. It just always get comes back. Yeah, like you, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. always a point where you can tell it's bottomed out. You know, like there's not really like a oh it's bottomed out. Maybe it'll bottom out more, or maybe it'll bottom out more. There's always kind of like a okay now this is when it the rents are going to be the cheapest. Yeah. This is when people don't want to be here the most, and then it's only going to you know increase in population and size like that year over year. So could you tell that in 2008 too? Or were I mean, you 2008, like 2008, bro? We were like fucking 12, so I didn't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 16, I mean, yeah, 17, yeah, 16, 17, 17. Yeah. So like, not, I mean, not really. It was just like me going to high school, and I was playing tennis in high school. I played tennis. Yeah. In so like, I was kind of oblivious. Oh, really? To that. Yeah. No so, shit. Like, I was just focused on you know college sports, right? And trying to get into college in general. But like now that like you know we were adults like two and a half years ago, you can yeah. kind of see that like. All right, it freaking sucks right now, but there's no way people are going to start to move out of the city fully. Right. Maybe the people who haven't been here as long think that it's beneficial for them to go buy a house in Connecticut. They're starting a family, go to New Jersey, starting a family, whatever. They want more space. Yeah, sure. But like at the same time, at that particular moment when the pandemic had just started, if you were to go to Bushwick during yeah. something like that, like you could get a great deal, a huge apartment. And now it's just like. You know, anytime somebody's lease is up, it, the rent's going to probably shoot through the fucking That's what's roof. happening, dude. Because I know so many people that got so fucked with COVID deals where they're like, ooh, now I'm going to move to New York City. Right, and then they get three months free, something like that. Yeah, and now they're all like, I don't know what the fuck to do. My landlord's raising my rent $1,500, and it's like, yeah, dog, I, I kind of saw this was going to happen. This is what I told you when you moved, and you're like, this is a good idea. I was like, yeah. no, you're going to get fucked. And it's happening, and it's like, I'm sitting pretty with my apartment that I've been in since before the pandemic, and I'm like, nothing's changing. You have a, like, pretty good relationship with your landlord. Uh, it's fine, as good as it's gonna get. It's well, like, I mean, not somewhere where like your landlord would just be like, "All right, Max, like we're jumping the rent up forty percent." They they raised it like two hundred bucks, and I was okay. like, I can handle that. Right, okay. Like between me and my roommate, we can make two hundred work. Yeah, and it's great, dude. And I I am going to die in this apartment. I never <laughs> nice, want to leave, dude. dude. It's the best. So when did you decide to move to New York, and what was the kind of the goal? moving to New York was a comedy? Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to live in New York since I was a kid, always. My whole family, my mom's side is all from here. This was always the goal. Like, I wanted to be here. Stand-up kind of gave me the reason to move. So I did stand-up for, like, you know, I did it a couple years in Atlanta and, like, traveled. I was a big road guy when I lived in Atlanta because it was, really? yeah, because it's cheap to live. You don't have to worry about, like, like, here I feel guilty when I leave. It's like, fuck, I pay so much money to live in this city. I want to be here. There, it was like, I can really, like, develop my chops on the road. And it was like, all right, I get a 30-minute set in, you know, I don't know, Greenville, South Carolina. Damn, but that was just, like, by yourself, or you were, like, touring with someone? Michael. Michael Rowland and I was the first tour. But, like, a lot of it was me alone opening for people and, like, learning how to feature and get, like, a tight 20. And then when I thought I had 20, I moved to New York. I was like, I maybe have five. After, like, 
you know, four years of like, all right, I know what I'm doing. It was like, no, nah, I don't. But I've moved up here to do comedy. Like enough people from Atlanta moved here where I was like, I want to be there. And that was it. Yeah. Nice. And so, you, you moved to Bushwick then. When yes. You came here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you meet a roommate? Uh, Facebook, dude. My, I had some fucking weirdos, I dude. That, dude. I can imagine. Well, I mean, Craigslist worse than Facebook, I would say, but I don't know. Tell me. Tell I us. mean, we had, dude, the first guy that, uh, that was there, like, he was pretty decent. I like him. We wound up moving to Crown Heights together. The other, we had another guy that just disappeared for three months, and our apartment wound up being condemned while I was on the road. So he wasn't paying rent also? No, he was paying rent, but we wasn't there. We don't know what happened to him. He just kind of disappeared, paid rent, and we're like, all right, dude, as long as the check doesn't bounce, like, I don't give a shit. Uh, but I was in, where I think I was in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and my uh, roommate was like, dog, we're getting evicted. Like, the apartment's condemned. We got to get out of here. Uh, and... We just kind of left the other dude. We were like, we don't know where he is. He. What does that even mean, the apartment was condemned? So, apparently, my landlord at that time had not... It was just... It was all kinds of fucked up, not up to code sort of a deal. Uh, we didn't have heat. We didn't have hot water. It was like a disaster. It was fucking bad. Yeah. Uh, do you remember <laughs> the bomb cyclone? Like, 2000... I guess it was 2017, end of 2017. Big flooding? No, it was the big snowstorm where there was like six feet of snow or some shit. Uh, we didn't have an AC unit, but we had a sleeve where an AC unit should go. And when the bomb cyclone hit, we also had like two feet of snow in the apartment. Uh, the apartment? Yeah, was dog. Below grade? No, way below grade, dude. This thing was a fucking war zone, dude. We didn't have shit. We oh, didn't maybe have. Maybe it was an illegal apartment. Oh, it was very illegal. Oh, okay. So yeah, well, yeah. Maybe that part wasn't sense, clear. Sense, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so my landlord kept starting new shell companies and selling the apartment to himself for a dollar. So he would skirt code, and we just have snow and be like, "I guess this is living in New York, dude. This is the big city." And <laughs> just snow in your fucking living room. I thought everybody did that. Yeah, man. I was just like, no, 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 not in the bedroom. Because I didn't have windows in the bedroom, dude. Yeah, the living room. Know. Yeah, dog. The bedroom did. My, my bedroom was originally one bedroom that was split into two, and it was just like, we'll fucking make it work. It's a fresh wall. Yeah, ex- and then the living room was snow. It was very pretty. Uh, in the winter, dude. Because the snow stayed white. Beautiful, like, dude. Yeah, man. It rocked. Um, but yeah, I legitimately was like, well, this is just how people live unless they're billionaires. Uh, and it took me a while to be like, nah, dude, you just don't have to live in squalor when you live here. It's not that hard to just do a little research before you move somewhere. Um, and then I moved to another place in Bushwick, had four other fucking weirdo roommates. And then all random. Yeah. Uh, we had a guy that like, he moved his girlfriend down that was telling us once and we were all like, all right, well, I guess we have a fifth roommate or some shit. Uh, we had another guy that was just smoking cigarettes in the house and we're like, dog, come on, you can smoke weed. We don't give a shit. But like, you're blowing smoke in my room, dude. Like but also cigarette smell. I feel like sticks to things. Yeah. Weed More does so it. Than weed. Do you yeah. smoke pot? A lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, do you smoke in this room? Well, yeah. I, mean, I can't like, smell it. Is, right. But the thing is also before podcasts, I'll go like three hours before. And also you notice I have the AC in the window. Right. 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 I got that fan coming in from there. Damn, you're prepped, dude. <laughs> so I like, like you. I like this. Three hours before, you you know what I mean? I don't want you to Dude, walk into my apartment. It's just smelling like. Me. I would yeah, give a just, shit. It's like but in general. Yes, yeah, it doesn't really. As long as you like have an hour or two to prepare or get it out of there, it doesn't smell. Cigarette smoke. Another dog. Smell. This I haven't smoked a cigarette in a while, a long time. This jacket still smells like cigarettes from ten years ago. It yeah. just will never go right. away. Like that shit. Stench, yeah. It does, but with pot, I'm like hell yeah. Well, also, I feel like there's just so many ingredients in cigarettes. One of them is gonna stick to you. That's right. And I, you know, this guy was smoking cigarettes. More importantly, he was. Smoking smoking meth in our basement too. Uh, Smell doesn't stick. 
No, you can't. So I was cool with it. Yeah. I don't give a shit, dude. You know, but was there any a lingering of smell though when you smoke meth? Like, does meth smell when you smoke? It, it smells. I mean, it's you smell chemicals. Oh, it just for like sure. Windex or something. Yeah, like but it's kind of nice. Okay. You know, and it's like kind of nice. And it's crystal meth from uh, Breaking Bad. Yes. I always talk about how I want to try that. I mean, that's a bit. I don't know if I actually want to try it. I wouldn't have it, dude. Dog, I won't judge you for doing anything, dude. I mean, I've gotten into weird. I've got a friend, my favorite thing. I had a friend that moved here and he was like, yeah, dude, the last night before I left Atlanta, I smoked crack with a hitchhiker. And I was like, do you? Yeah, dude. Crazy. Atlanta rules, man. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, man, I would love to go to Atlanta. You've never I, been? No, I know a bunch of people, yourself included, that are from Atlanta and say great things about it. Do you like to party? Sure. Then yeah. you'll love Atlanta, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's a, it's beautiful. It's like the, I still think it's the prettiest city How on the planet. How often do you go back? Uh, I went. I was there two weeks ago, but it was the first time I had been back since the pandemic. Oh wow! And it's changed the city. And like, how? it's just so much more built up, and it's like the what you're talking about in Bushwick. I'm watching happen to like my old neighborhood in Atlanta. I used to pay like six twenty five for a bedroom in this apartment in Atlanta that's now going for like five grand. It's crazy how quickly that city shot up and gentrified. Um, to a point where like I really don't recognize big pockets of it that I used to, and it's bizarre. But you know, all my friends are comics, and the comedy scene with that has gotten huge. What's one of the uh, best clubs down there? In well, the Laughing Skull is the big is Laughing like Skull. Yeah, that's the that's my home club, and it's. I still think it's like the greatest comedy club in the world. But there's like, there's a million cool DIY shows that really kind of fucking made a name for themselves, like Star Bar. Uh, that's it's a Monday show. It shouldn't work. It's Monday from like nine thirty to one a.m. Oh wow! It should not be good, and it's the most fun you can have. What is it like? Twenty comics doing ten minutes? Uh, like no, no, dude. It's like, fuck. It's got to be like sixteen, seventeen, all doing five, and wow. then a headliner. But it is a blast, and it's full the entire time, and the audience switches out at like eleven thirty, so you get a whole new crop of people. It rules. Is there like an intermission or no? No. And you'd have, like, everybody would drop in. That was, like, the spot people would hang out after they would headline the weekend at the Skull. They'd hang out to surprise and do Star Bar. So, like, when I started out, you'd be doing this show with people like Rory Scovel and, like, Nick Vatterra would come through or Ron White was always there. So it's, you get this, like, really fucking weird sense of, like, oh, shit, I'm doing comedy with, like, professionals and they're great. And it's, like, but it's still... 15 people that could be randomly thrown onto this show. Would, like, T.I. stop by at a place yes, like that? Yes, he would, and I'm glad you are asking. Yes. Ooh, Let's talk about it. Ooh, I hate that he's doing stand-up. I Do hate... You? Yeah, fuck yeah, man. He uh, is bumping people at shows. They The comics in Atlanta don't like him, and that's kind of my litmus test. I had no issue with T.I. personally before. It's like I would never interact with him. I liked his music growing up. It was at every bar mitzvah I ever went to. Yes. It's like, that's the dude. But he's coming through with this like fucking swag about him where he's like, no, I'm T.I. So I can get whatever I want in comedy. And it's like, yeah, but you're a shitty comedian and you sound like a worse person. I saw he had an issue with one yes. of those uh, girls on stage. I can't remember. Yeah, her, her name's name. Lauren Knight. And Lauren I, Knight. Okay. I don't really know her. I just met her for the first time uh, when I was at home. She's a fucking killer, dude. She is an excellent comic. And like for the 30 seconds we interact, I was like, she's very nice. And then I saw the T.I. thing, and I was like, yo, fuck this guy, dude. Like, I have no fucking patience for people that are, like, 
shitty and also pretending to do comedy. So just to uh, give you guys a background on what I'm actually talking about with Max here, uh, T.I. apparently was at a comedy club and this woman was on stage mm-hmm. and apparently he was like heckling her in some manner. Yes. So she came back in and was like, all right, well, at least I don't have sexual assault yes. allegations or something like that. And then T.I. came on stage, took the mic, bugged out, and it was a whole issue. Right. And what club was that at, by the way? It's not a, I think that was like an open mic. That wasn't like... So... It was a packed open mic. Yeah, they, that's the thing. So starting out in Atlanta, I got really fucking spoiled. Open mics are shows. It's, it's one of those things where it's like there are always going to be less comics than people at an open mic in Atlanta. And a lot of it is because it's like these are wow. bars. Yeah, yeah so... It's like in New York, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, ex- yeah. anywhere else. Yeah, it's right, the complete right. opposite. It shouldn't be that way. That's why you get a lot of Atlanta comics that I think are really good is like you come through in this way of like, oh, I actually have to perform for people. I can't just like throw a half premise out and hope that like comics jitter at it and they're like, haha. It's like, no, there are people here and even though you're not getting paid, this is still new material. It's like you come into it with more of like a worked out bit than just a thought. And I think that that translates to anywhere you move after. It's like you still have that ethic of like, no, I can't just go with a half baked idea. It has to at least be thought out before I'm comfortable saying it in front of people, even if it sucks. Does that make sense? Yes, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, but T.I., you know, he's... I was pretty okay with, like, the idea of him because he was showing up to mics. He wasn't, like, just going to the club. He wasn't showing up to shows and, like, I want a spot. He was, like, putting in what felt like work. But he's still so goddamn pompous about it, and he's, like, apparently doing shitty material after bumping people. Uh, and he's just becoming a problem for everybody around. From what I hear, I don't know. I've never met him, never seen him. I don't know what it's like to be around him. But the general consensus from people in Atlanta is he is annoying at shows, and it's a problem. And now he's just being a dick more than being annoying. How much time is he doing on these shows? So fucking much. Uh, like, you know, it's just, how long have you been doing stand-up? Like three and a half years. Uh, okay. I was like an improv guy initially. For sure. But guy. it's like, you know, when your first six months of stand-up, when you think you have 20 minutes, but you have 30 seconds, if you are lucky, and he's going up like, dude, I got 20 minutes. Like, no, you don't, dude. No, you do not. And that's okay. I fucking wish somebody told me when I started that it's like, yeah, man, you're going to think you're hot shit and all this, and you're not, but that's all right. It won't be that way forever. You will get better, but this is something that takes time and effort and patience with, and that's all right. You know, you don't have to be hot shit right out the gate, and you won't be, and no one's told T.I. that, and he's got this fucking mentality of, like, I'm a big star, and he is, but that doesn't mean you can just, like, fucking do something else and expect to be the best at it. Yeah, it's a different industry. Like, I mean, in general, when these stars, you know, hop into, like, the movie game. Yeah. Maybe their first movie isn't so great. Michael Jordan in Space Jam. And even he was Michael going, Jordan in baseball, he, dude. dude. Yeah, I was yeah say, like, baseball and then golf. You know, he's great at other sports, but obviously takes a little bit of time. So, how much time do you think you're comfortable with going up on stage? Now, you were saying in like Atlanta, you're doing 20, 30 minutes. If you were to go on a New York stage and someone was like, "All right, Max, do as much time now as you're comfortable doing." Well, I mean, like I do hours on the road now, and um, wow, yeah, so like, yeah, so Very I feel cool. like I, you know, an hour is really forty five minutes, but like you know, I feel good about it. It's I'm more critical now than I was years ago. So I started doing like 45 way too early on, way too early on. But at the time I thought I was fucking no problem. Now that I actually like care about my jokes, I'm like, all right, yeah, I've got a 45. That's good. Is it great? Not where I'd say it's great. I'd say like 30 of it is like airtight. Perfect. But there's still 15 that I'm always working with and I'm trying to like get great, but it's like, there's no fucking 
deadline on this. You know, yeah. there's no timeline for when you're supposed to be excellent at stand-up. And um, I don't know. Now I'm, like, I'm much more aware of my surroundings and shit. And it's like, yeah, I feel good at 45. But sometimes there'll be 35 where it's like, all right, well, now I have to turn on crowd work because they're not getting the other 10 minutes. Right, they're right, not right. going to like I it. That. Like, even when I do sets in my bedroom over there in front of the mirror, yeah, I yeah. feel that, like... If at this particular moment, these five minutes, I didn't feel I delivered that well, I won't go and do that extra five minutes at right. on that five minutes, something like that. So when do you think you're going to put together like an hour of material and, I don't know, put it on a YouTube That's, or I mean, some stuff like that? It's everyone, yeah. as all comics, you know, build it an hour, sell it, do it, and then build another hour and then, you know. It's funny where works. I'm at with it because that changes all the time. Like when I first started, I was like, fucking, I'm going to have a special out next year. And now it's like, I watch, I'm doing this new thing where I'm like, I'm looking through all my old sets from when I started to now. And it's like, I'm like real video, or audio video audio. and I'm like, whatever I've got and listening, but it's, it's like, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to tweak old shit that I first thought of when I first started comedy. I'm trying to like rewrite it for now. And like, where do I think about it? And it's. It scares me the idea of, two reasons scare me, the idea of releasing something. First is, okay, I've got to start all over. Fine. I don't mind that. But does that... I mean, after you release the hour, you have to Yeah, yeah, it's with new material. But it's like, what really scares me is like, does that mean that this joke is done, done? You know, I've got, I've got a bit that I'm like starting to put into like new things again. And I'm trying to figure out like, is this actually a funny concept? Or was this something that I just thought was funny when I was 22? And... I'm afraid of the idea of like, fuck, does that mean I can't do that anymore with these old bits? Are they done done? And I don't know. It it also seems like maybe the hour isn't as important now as it used to be. Uh, A lot of this is when I started, the goal was to headline clubs. Always, always, always. That's what I wanted. Touring and headlining. Mm -hmm. And still is. That's still the goal. But now it's like people don't watch or listen to a full hour of comedy anymore, you know? And that's why I think the club model is kind of disappearing is like people have been taught, especially over the last two years, like standup exists in, you know, two minute chunks on TikTok or on Instagram or wherever it is. People, I don't think people have the attention span to sit down. Like when I was a kid, I remember like you listen to a CD of comedy or a CD of music or anything like that. And people skip now or they don't do that in the past. Whereas I think now it's like, do I need to release something an hour at once or do I release a bunch of two-minute clips that equal an hour over time? Well, how do you mean about you don't think that the club model would work? Well, a lot of clubs are just disappearing, and they have been for a long time. And it's, I mean, clubs historically do not pay comics what they should be paid, like on the road where it's like, you know, it just doesn't make what it used to make. And a lot of clubs are switching from the headliner model. Like the Laughing Skull in Atlanta and I think, I think ultimately it's, a good, it's good for the scene itself down there. When I started, there was always a headliner, a feature, a guest spot, and a host. So for example, like explain to... Explain yeah. To so the traditional American club model is there is a host that does like five to ten minutes, a guest spot that's maybe five, seven, and a guest spot is hit or miss. It doesn't always happen. And then there's a feature doing 20 to 30 and a headliner doing 45 to an hour. And that was how it went for a long time. The Laughing Skull, I'm sure other clubs did it, but I saw it at the Laughing Skull at home where they stopped bringing in headliners and they would do showcases, like the New York model, which is, you know, maybe eight to ten comics all doing eight to twelve minutes, right? 
And without that, you don't have a headliner, so that means they're not bringing in people from other places. It's locals mostly and visiting comics that can do time, but they're not going to get headliner money. And I think that that's ultimately, it develops your local scene way faster and it makes people stronger. And I think that's ultimately a very good thing. But it's, it's not the same now where it's like people can't come to the Laughing Skull and headline, you know? And it's different and I don't think it's bad. I just think now you're seeing people that are like, all right, I'm going to do a music venue instead of a comedy club when I go to Des Moines, Iowa or something like that. Uh, like I'm, I'm going to be in Fargo, North Dakota on Friday. And I'm not doing wow, a comedy club. That's great. Yeah, it's like, it's a weekend at an event. It's like, I, I think it's a North music Dakota, venue. North Dakota, dude, yeah, that's dude. amazing. I love it, man. It's my favorite thing, but it's, it's not a comedy club. And I don't think you have to go through a comedy club anymore. And I don't think you have to release an hour anymore. Even though that's what I always thought I would do. And it's still something I'd like to do. I think you can chunk it up. And you can release this in different ways than you could 10 years ago, you know? There's different avenues to get your content out than there were even before the pandemic. You know, it's just a different way of doing it. And I don't think it's bad. I just think, you know, you do an hour set and instead of releasing it as one complete thing, it's like, okay, well, now I can put 10 jokes on Instagram as opposed to one hour on YouTube. Does that make sense? No, definitely. I mean, it's, it's super different. You're seeing comics release it on YouTube. You're seeing comics release... Uh, their hour special on Netflix, HBO Max, whatever it yeah. is. They're also seeing comics just do 15 minutes at all the hottest clubs in New York City, stuff like that, and mixing it up and maybe not doing a full hour or releasing a special, something like that. So, um, I mean, the times are definitely changing. But in a situation where you're going to North Dakota, I yeah. mean, that wouldn't happen, though, unless people would know your material through video, though, correct? Uh, a video, I mean, I get some airplane serious for a few jokes, but that's not where, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a draw, and I'm aware of that. Um, there are places I can go where it's like I've the way I so the way I started was I made a very like concerted effort when I was younger to like drive around and just do shitty shows, right? Like you'd go to an open mic in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and they'll let you close and give you ten minutes. That's cool. You make no money, but you have a good time. The real sell on that, though, is you come back next year, they'll put together a show for you. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, they know that I can handle 10. Why don't they give me 20? And now I go back, they'll put an hour-long show for me together, and people will come to that. Like, there's a different way of building a fan base than there used to be, and I'm not saying I have one. But, like, I just don't think that there's one singular approach to comedy. There's no way of getting good at it. There's no, like, rule book. And there's definitely no way of, like, building a career out of this that has, like, a clear path especially now that things like late night are gone. And if you do late night, it's like, who the fuck watches, right? Nobody has cable anymore. And it's just different, and you've got to adapt in different ways. And I think that's why you see people releasing free specials on YouTube. Because it's like, who is watching? Like, truly, who is sitting down to watch an HBO special right now that wasn't already going to in the first place? You know, it's now it's about making your own shit and putting it out on your own. And that's where YouTube comes into play. It's where social media comes into play. But it's also, like, the biggest part of me is, like, why do I want to release all of that? You know? I love doing stand-up. It's my favorite thing. And I've, I've kind of, like, this year made, like, a very conscious effort to, like, instead of focus on the success part of this, instead of focus on the career part, like, I just want to have as much fun as I can this year. That's it. And Fargo, North Dakota is not going to get me, you know... I'm never going to be famous by going to Fargo and, like, landing some shit there. But I will have more fun than anybody here 
that weekend. I know that I will have more fun in Fargo than I will in anybody in New York because it's like I get to do comedy for an hour in front of a paying audience. This is the dream. Are you going there with anyone? No. Uh, So it's like that's the fun part for me, right? Like I love that shit where it's like I'm going by myself where I'm going to have to figure out how to entertain myself in a city that I've never been to before and just enjoy it. And it'll be good. It always is. Um, and I don't know. That's the joy for me is nice, the doing man. it, not the. Sure. You, I mean, dude, you have a great positive outlook on. You have to. And everything. You definitely have to. I fucking spent so much time being miserable doing this. And I was like, I just don't want to be unhappy doing my favorite thing anymore. And that's kind of 2022 is all about having fun nice, by any dude. means necessary. Me too. Do you have any anything lined up besides that North North Dakota show coming up? Yeah, this summer? I mean, I'm going to be I'm doing a couple things in L.A. Uh, in June. And then I've got, oh, I'm doing a 10 day stretch in Denver for uh, in September. I know that's far. Oh, wow. I know that's far out, but I'm doing two weekends in Denver and I can't fucking wait. Uh, and like that's going to be the. Showing up with almost no material and trying to figure out how to build. I would, the goal is to walk out of Denver after 10 days with not the, not a tight 20, but an idea of what a tight 20 of new material will look like. Oh, wow. so, That's a lot in 10 days. Yeah, but it's like, you know, Denver's cool because you can do like fucking 25 shows in 10 days if you really want to. So it's like the time is out there and the stage, you know, the stages are available if you're willing to like find them and if you're willing to like just have no expectations, you can really have a good time and build something out of that good time. So when you go to some of these shows in New York, is there any particular time that you feel like, all right, I need to crush this 15 minutes right here? Is it like a important show or something like that? You know, if I'm doing... So, like, uh, I'm doing something at the Bell House Sunday, which is, you know, it's a bigger room. Where's that? Where's that? It's in Brooklyn, in Gowanus, but it's like a theater. And so it's... It's, I'm, I'm only doing like, you know, five, six on it, but it's like, all right, that's not something I'm going to try something new on. That's like, I've got my five, six that I can pull out of my pocket and it's fine. But, you know, if I'm doing something like any of the like bar shows around town, it's like, I don't give a shit, dude. If I'm not, if I'm not, if people aren't paying to be there, I am, I am going to have fun and work on shit. That's the goal, right? I want to work on this so I can keep getting better. That's the goal, always to have fun and keep getting better. If it's a club, if it's something people paid, or if it's a bar show people paid money to be on, it's like, you're going to get my good shit, and I might riff a bit, but it's not going to be, hey, here's me with a notebook for, you know, 10 minutes figuring shit out. Which is more so when comics don't have, or there was no pressure between people paying money, buying drinks, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean. To a free show. Yeah, and I I say that, but, like, I, I am a firm believer in bring your notebook on stage every time, like. The goal, like part of the have fun this year is I want to try something new every time I'm on stage and it's not a big show. How often are you um, booked this this uh, this year? I, enough. Oh, yeah. For like, uh, I'll probably get about five sets a week that I'm booked for in advance. And then I can, you know, I'll probably get like another three or four throughout the week that are just you know, like, hey, can you be here? And by the way, June, we have to get um, we have to get you on a show in June. Ted I'd love to, yeah. Show. Yeah, yeah, we'll get, you, uh, we'll get you lined up once we get June dates. But anyway, yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's like, there's, there's always been this, like, edgelord part of comedy where people are like, well, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's like, why the fuck can't I bring a notebook on stage? It's, I think people are like, oh, it's not professional. It's like, I still wrote the fucking jokes. They're still here. You know, they are mine. I wrote them. Nobody gives a shit if I'm like, ooh, I'm sequencing right now, and I'm trying to figure out, does this joke fit here as opposed to here? <laughs> Nobody is going to fucking be like, well, this isn't professional. He's looking at his notebook for an order. Like, fuck that, man. I'm so tired of like being told how to do comedy, where it's like, is it getting laughs? Is it working? Are people enjoying themselves? Then you're doing it right. 
That's all. That is that is the barrier. Are you getting your laughs? Then you are doing it right. And I don't know, man. Um, why did I start talking about this? Why did I start saying this? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It's like bring your notebook. Do what makes you happy, and do what's going to get laughs. And as long as you're doing that, I don't see a wrong way to do stand up. I think you know. There's a lot of focus. Like, well, that's the alt scene. That's the club scene. It's like, why can't they fucking both be comics? Why is that such a division? You know, I. I just think comedy can be so many different things, and if it's making you happy to do it and it's getting laughs, then by all means, do whatever you want to fucking do. You are, know? You pr- are you producing any shows these not days? Anymore. Not right now. I used to. I produced a bunch for a long time, and eventually I'm sure I will again, but it's like part of having fun means not having the stress. Sure, I like totally uh, you. Run, yeah, you yeah, run yeah, shows, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's a fucking nightmare. I did it for the first like you know six years, or whatever. I did stand up, and then I was like, I gotta just focus on doing comedy, mm-hmm. and not the other part of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I probably will again, but I don't want to do any more of the like. I ran a show at Niagara every Wednesday, and it was my favorite thing in the world, and I would do that again, but. It's not fun. I don't miss, like, because I was so bad at producing shows. Some people are good at it. I'm not. I can't get people into a room, and I'm tired of apologizing to people for that, and I'm tired of, like, fucking pretending, like, no, we're going to make a big deal out of it. It's like, no one's here. Why are we pretending, you know? I liked it because it's, I like producing empty shows because you can just do whatever the fuck you want in an empty room, and if comics are watching, it's like, great. Great, great, great. I have some form of an audience to test something out. And it's probably not going to be jokes I would do for a regular audience. This is going to be me having fun and trying to make my peers laugh, which is always the best laugh anyway. So what's your favorite room right now in the city or favorite club? I love, dude, the barbershop in the Lower East Side. I love that. I saw you there like two weeks ago. Yeah, man. That's, I, I do a lot there because it, for, Ronnie's like the best. I fucking love that, dude. But also, that's such a unique space as far as the audience that comes there. It's not like any other audience that I've I've that you see around the city. It's like young people with money, and that's like the hardest fucking nut to crack, man. So if you get laughs there, it's like, oh shit, this is going to work almost anywhere because they're young, they understand what you're talking about, but they're also wealthy, so they kind of hold you to a right. standard that YOB, right? Yeah, yeah, man, and it's it's fun. It's a challenge, and it's like it's a puzzle. Um, I love it there, dude. I. I just, I'm really fucking enjoying these like emptier rooms right now too that don't have as many people. Cause you get, you watch a lot of comics like fucking kiss a death. They go up and they're like, well, nobody here's having fun. I'm just gonna really fucking like scold the audience for that. And it's like, nah, dude, if you just have a good time, the audience will follow your lead. Yeah, totally. And that's, how, that's even how I feel like producing shows. You yeah. Know? Like as long as I go up there and like, it, I mean, it really depends. You can have 20 people at a show. You can have 100 people at a show. Whatever. It depends on the night. But as long as I'm, like, hosting and I bring the energy up on stage, yeah. I feel like it does rub off on the people, at least in, initially. It definitely does, dude. There are some people... There are some, like, great comics that are terrible hosts because they don't understand, like... Yeah, dude, this is the job part where you have to just be high energy, make people feel like they want to be there, show them that they made the right decision. Like, that's the job part of this. It's not just doing jokes. It's like being a performer and an entertainer and a host. And it's like, that's a fucking hard thing to get good at. So when that's you do, you, yeah, it's that's like... Yeah, that's where I feel like improv has really helped me a lot. Just like in the beginning of a show, like if something's not working, whatever, just the energy level on any yes. joke just really helps. Dude, and I, I love that shit because like, 
Stand-up stories like, oh, fuck improv. It's like, fuck you, dude. Improv rocks. When improv's good, it's better dude, than stand-up. Improv, you're right. When I really is good. Like when you see some of these insane groups in UCB, you know, obviously RIP, UCB, sure, and NYC. Sure. But um, like some of those old groups when I was taking classes at Upright Citizens Brigade. That's, I remember I'm I used so to, jealous you I used went, to go dude. to a show, dude, Wednesday night at 10 p.m. at the theater because we had to. Like for all of our yeah. classes, they would make you go to a show once a week just for practice, whatever it was. Uh, but like some of those groups, I swear, man, like even like a 30 minute show, I'd, I'd be laughing half the time. Yeah. Easily, just some of the dumb stuff that was happening or just some of the just the simple things that you think of when you're not rushed on stage, you know, comes out. And that helps when you when you're um, I don't know, looking for the next joke or looking for the next word on the stand up stage. But that's why long sets are so fun, dude. So like I try anytime I'm doing over 20. I'm or over 15. I try and leave myself like five minutes where it's like, I'm just going to riff. I'm going to wander around and see what I can find. Cause that's the fun part. That's the joy. And improv is all that. So like, I understand when standups are like, fuck improv. And it's like, you've, you've probably only seen bad improv, dude. Like when improv's bad, it's the worst, but when it's good, there is nothing funnier. Stand up doesn't compare. Sketch doesn't compare. Movies don't compare. Improv, when it's good, is my favorite way to watch comedy. You say that. What was one of your favorite improv groups or something? Was it like who's on it? Is it no, no. Um, you so like when I started stand up in Atlanta, there was a group called Salon Du Shoguns. It was three dudes, and they they've since disbanded. But like, I would watch these guys and lose my mind. Like you forget just how funny something can be when it's not planned, and you're watching like. Because improv is good because of the things that they're saying, but it's even better because of the way people react, right? And just watching watching people try and make themselves laugh, and it's good, that's the funniest thing in the world, man. I I don't know, but when it's bad, it's just like, all right, I'm watching some 35-year-old white dudes play <laughs> games with each other, and this does suck. Yeah. This for sure sucks, but when it's on fire, dude... I'm, like, in tears laughing. Yeah, me too. Love improv and stand-up. I mean, more so over the last, I guess, since the pandemic, I've switched over to stand-up. Yeah. I used to love improv, you know, more so than stand-up. Improv was just, for me, it was just always so difficult. And I feel, I feel like at one point I got good, you know, good enough to potentially be on one of these house teams yeah. when the pandemic hit. And then it was just switching over to stand-up. Because in New York City, like, the improv scene... Since the pandemic, I mean, kind of just slowed down significantly. Well, it's got to be hard, right? Like, yeah, when there's eight people and you bring them to one show, you right. know, you're going to split $100 eight ways, something like that, you know, even making somewhat of a living. Right. Well, and the other thing, like COVID, I, I knew some people that were like, we're doing improv on Zoom. And I was like, that sounds brutal, dude. Oh, like, man. I love yeah, thinking of stand up on Zoom, uh, too. improv on Zoom. I wound up like, I didn't fall in love with doing uh, stand up on Zoom, but I got, I did it enough where I was like, all right, I think I have a pace for this did you do a lot of stand-up where like the people on the screen were all muted Is that i did a few yeah and i was like fuck that but you know at a certain point it's like all right i know what the job is here and i understand how to do this and i'm just gonna do it and it's fine and it's not the worst um zoom on or improv on zoom i can't imagine like the latency issues, the lag with just like, <laughs> yeah, the lag. yeah, fuck what? that, What'd dude. You say? Right, what, huh? And just he, a lot of no's. Yeah, yeah, that. dude, just a lot of, <laughs> what the no, fuck? Yeah. No, dude. But, I mean, I used to love going to UC. There was a fun show. There were like a bunch of fun stand up yeah, shows fun. with improv. I even still have like the sheet on my refrigerator, the Herald. You see that? Oh, dude, hell so yeah. I have other funny stickers on there. Yeah, because like, did you ever go to like, uh, what was that shit? Gentrify? 
at UCB? Maybe. What was, was it that? Just a UCB a East? Show? It was a team show. I think Gentrify was oh, the team. East, the one next to yes. uh, Two Boots? Yes. Pizza? And they would have, uh, have stand ups on, and then they would do heralds around you know, the stand ups. But it was so much fucking fun, dude. And like, that's the, but that's, that's the thing. Like, comedy does not have to be strictly stand up. And I think stand ups always forget that. They always forget this is not the only way that people laugh. And they get so precious about it where they're like, sketch is dumb, improv fucking sucks. And it's like, nah, dude. These are all different ways of going about comedy. All comedy is beautiful comedy. It is, man. Yeah, and I it's agree. really fucking... When people like limit themselves to like this, fuck improv, fuck sketch, fuck other comics that are alt, fuck comics that are club, it's like, dude... What makes you happy? Because it's not comedy. That part I can understand. Like, just fucking stop. Stop doing this if it's making you this upset. And I don't know. Um, I just... Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. There's no right way to get laughs, and there's no wrong way. Just freaking be happy and make people laugh. And if that's you all love you got to, to laugh, do. come to the next Ted Jones Comedy Show. And Max, please, why don't you uh, give us your Shit, Instagram information, bro? Yes. And also, <laughs> uh, next show's coming up besides the Ted Jones Comedy Show in June. We'll get you on a lineup there soon. Yeah, when's this coming out? Uh, this is coming out. Thursday, this Thursday. Yes. So today uh, is Thursday. Oh, oh you're shit. Going to North yeah, Dakota hell yeah. Tomorrow, if, you're, if you're in Fargo, North Dakota, um, <laughs> I love it. Tomorrow, Friday, May 6th and 7th, I'm going to be at the Front Street Tap Room in Fargo, North Dakota. Shows are at 8. Uh, if this Sunday, Sunday night, if you're in Brooklyn, I'm going to be at the Bell House wow, for newcomers. Also at eight, I think eight o'clock. Um, you can find me on Instagram, maxfine underscore Twitter, maxfine underscore. Uh, also follow at in the minivan pod. Oh, love that. Yes. Uh, it's a fun time. If you want to hear me get real stoned with my best friend since childhood, we have a good time. Absolutely. Max fine. Ted, thank, thank you, you so much. That was really fun. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace.